0: Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Truth For Today, and uh, we are covering uh, the dynamics of prayer And uh, we're still in the power of prayer, and we may be in there for a while because uh, there's a lot of scripture on the power of prayer and how it influences everything uh, when we pray uh, in the name of Jesus and pray in faith. So I'm going to get going today. Uh, My name is Joseph Franta. I am the uh, president of Joseph Franta Ministries, and I have been doing Ministry for 30, almost 38 years now. So I'm going to give you some of the wealth of information I've obtained from the Word of God on this subject. By no means is it complete, but I, I can only give you what I have. And uh, it's enough to get you through whatever you need to get through, whatever you need to power through. And prayer will help you to power through. Whatever circumstances or situations or difficulties or problems that you have, you have a force in prayer, and uh, it's a powerful force, and it can power through any wall of resistance that you've come up against, and it can help you to uh, land in the place you need to land. It'll take you where you need to go. I've always said that about prayer, it's the vehicle that will take you there wherever you need to go. And so wherever your business needs to go, your ministry needs to go, your life needs to go, your marriage needs to go, your children need to go, it covers every area of life. Prayer, what a tremendous privilege it is to be able to come before God in prayer and stand in the presence of God by faith and pray. And believe what God says, that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Pretty simple. It's not complicated. It just requires the exercise of prayer and the exercise of faith. So we're going to get into this. I'm going to start in uh, Micah today, just to give you a text that's very powerful about prayer. This is the prophet Micah, and uh, he is talking to the Lord. And uh, then he finishes talking to the Lord, and, uh, and he goes on and prophesies about the power of God working through his life. And we know that prayer is talking to God. And so it says here in Micah 3.8, But truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. So whenever you tap into the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, you're going to be full of power because the Holy Spirit is God's power source on this earth. But truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of judgment or justice and of might. Might uh, in, the, in the Hebrew and the Greek is a little bit different than power. Uh, power in the Greek is dunamis, and might is the ability to stand against something with authority. I am full of might to declare unto Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Of course, the prophets in the Old Testament were always telling Israel, God's people, to get right with God. And actually, Peter did the same thing, Paul did the same thing, John did the same thing, James did the same thing in the New Testament, telling the people of God to get right with God so that God could use them in a powerful way. And so, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. That sounds like it has power, doesn't it? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Wow. We need to understand these spiritual laws. And you know, you can't violate them. Uh, People think they can without consequences, but they're wrong. And uh, we don't condemn anyone. But you know what? We need to understand how things work. And when we understand how things work, we get the results that we're looking for and the results uh, of the fulfillment of God's promises that God desires to give us in our lives. So I want to turn in Acts Uh, let's go to Acts 9. We're going to talk about a little bit about the apostle Paul. You know, I I I love the epistles uh all of them and third, you know, 13 of them were written by Paul. And this is how Paul started out his ministry. Uh you know, he was a a blasphemer, a violent aggressor. Uh he was throwing Christians in jail. Uh he was even Uh, present when Stephen was stoned and and martyred for the Lord. But Paul, his life turned around when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And that was a very important turning point for his life. He got the revelation of who Jesus was. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. So he got the revelation and he got the message. He got the memo, so to speak. And uh, he was blinded by a light brighter than the sun. They had to lead him by the hand into Damascus where he was going. And for three days he was out, he was without sight. And it says he neither ate nor drank. Obviously, he was in prayer and it was a very serious time for him uh, when you lose your sight. But at the end of three days, God sent a wonderful man of God, Ananias, and he laid hands on Paul, and Paul, uh, his sight was restored, and uh, he got a word, uh, a a prophetic word from Ananias that set the course of his whole ministry. And uh, I'm not gonna go over all of that today, but I wanna just begin in Acts chapter nine, and it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest, he was very high up in the, uh, you know, Jewish religion, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. You know, he was thinking that these people were all heretics who believed in Jesus, that they were, you know, uh, in error, So he was going to correct everything. He was going to fix everything. Well, whenever you're on a uh, mission to fix everything, you better check out uh, what you're fixing. And if it's something that God's doing, uh, you could find yourself in a mess. So here in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. This was not a natural light. It was not the sunshine or a sun ray. It was a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. It was so powerful, this light knocked him off his horse. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? All of a sudden... His mission of fixing everything was held in question. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks, or in the Greek, the goads. In other words, God was trying to show him for quite a while, probably, that he was on the wrong path, on the wrong road, but, you know, he was very zealous, but not for the Lord. He was very zealous for, uh, you know, I don't know, his own intentions possibly and, and uh, to correct what he thought was error, which it wasn't. And he trembling, this is talking about Paul in verse 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Well, that's a good prayer to pray to the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do? I mean, God always answers that prayer. Uh, Not not everyone wants to pray it because it would require maybe a change of life or, uh, you know, direction. But what a a great thing to say to the Lord. He said, uh, Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, you know, the Lord answered him immediately, Arise and go into the city of Damascus, and it shall be told... You, what you must do. So he had a promise from the living Lord Jesus Christ here that he was going to receive divine direction once he got into Damascus and that the Lord was going to show him uh, what he must do. And so now in verse seven, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless. (laughs) Yeah, what could you say? A light from heaven hearing a voice but seeing no man. So they heard the voice. They probably saw the light. They heard the the voice of God coming to Paul, uh, but they did not see the Lord. So this indicates that Paul did see the Lord during this encounter with heaven. Verse 8, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, He saw no man. In other words, he couldn't see. But they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. Here is the great apostle Paul. He was, you know, a a standout in Judaism. Uh, He was a a zealot of zealot. Uh, He was, you know, he represented uh, some very strict uh, religious uh, beliefs. And he was uh, bent on enforcing every one of them. Uh, but then he finds out that uh, what he's trying to fix doesn't need to be fixed. In fact, he found out that the one who needed to be fixed was him. So now it says here in verse 9, and he was three days without sight. Neither did he eat nor drink. So this was I'm sure he was in prayer and fasting. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. So the Lord appears to Ananias in a vision. Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. So he's seeing the Lord in this vision. And he's hearing his voice. Verse 11 And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight. How interesting that Paul was staying at a street called Straight. I think that's indicating something in the spirit, uh, straightening out some of his uh, life that needed to be straightened. And the Lord said unto Ananias, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, or he is praying. Isn't this interesting? The first thing that Paul does with the Lord Jesus Christ after his powerful encounter with him is he begins to pray. He sees the need of a prayer life. This is how Paul's ministry actually started out, was in prayer. In this very passage, it describes it, the prayer. He was praying for three days without eating or drinking in Damascus. And by the way, he didn't have to go on a 40-day fast. It was three days. Just three days before the Lord. And he got the answer he needed for his life and the divine direction. So uh, you know, be careful of long fasts. Uh, I don't really personally advise anybody to go on one. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and said, and to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision. Wow. So Ananias gets a vision to go to Paul. Paul's getting a vision that Ananias is coming. I believe that prayer can bring you into the realm of the supernatural, and here's evidence of it right here. And, of course, the whole book of Acts is full of it. So he's praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So there it is. He sees by the Spirit of God that God's sending someone, he doesn't know this man personally, to lay his hand on him so that he can receive his sight, be restored. That's what Jesus is really all about. Restoring things in your life that have been lost or stolen. He's the great restorer. He restores to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. And there's there's verses to back that up and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Now, this is interesting because, you know, here's Ananias. He had heard about how Paul had wreaked havoc in the church, uh, throwing men and women in jail, and uh, even with Stephen's case, uh, standing there while he was being martyred or stoned. And yet we should never count anybody out because nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Here was a man who was a bitter enemy of God, very vocal, and his corresponding actions were very violent. But you know what? He became one of the greatest apostles who ever walked the face of the earth. He he, he wrote 13 books in the New Testament out of the 27. And it says about him in the book of Acts that he turned the world upside down. This man had not only scholarship, he had zeal for God. He had a passion that wouldn't quit. And there's so many verses about the zeal of the Lord. Jesus said, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this a number of times. And so it's, the zeal of the Lord is it's something you can't work up or produce in your own flesh. It's something that comes through prayer and praise, and worship. It comes directly through the Spirit of God into your life. And God creates a zeal on the inside of you. And there's a fire that begins to burn inside of you for the things of God. The zeal of the Lord is usually associated with the fire of God in many places in the Bible. And that's not my subject today, but I'm mentioning it. Because Jesus himself said, zeal for your house has consumed me. Wow. The zeal to finish his mission on the earth, to complete his course on the earth, to complete the work, to finish the work that God had given him to do. He said, zeal for your house has consumed me. He did it by the zeal of the Lord, even though he was obviously the Son of Man, as well as the Son of God, of course. But God got a hold of him in the sense of his prayer life was very powerful, and and we'll go into that more. The prayer life of Jesus. I mentioned it before how he'd get up early in the morning before dawn and go to a lonely or isolated place and prayed, And then as, as the day wore on, as he walked the path that God had for him for that day, miracles, signs and wonders were done through his name. So we have Jesus always as our example and don't take Jesus away from being your example, please. Don't replace him with man. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, theology out there uh, that replace, that tries to replace Jesus and the power of God with man's uh, ideas, man's reasonings, man's logic. And, and what they do is they totally miss it and make people convinced that the power of God is no longer present on the earth today. It's all passed away with the early apostles. Nothing could be further from the truth. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. He's the same. His power has not passed away. If his power had passed away, then Jesus Christ would not be the same yesterday, today, and forever. We'd have just a form of religion without power. But no, we, we have the Lord Jesus Christ living in his body, the church, and living by his spirit in the hearts of every believer And if his spirit is living in us, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, then the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in the church. It's at work in the church. There's no need for any church to be dead. Every church can be brought alive by the spirit of the Lord. But people have to receive the Spirit of the Lord. Sometimes people just want an intellectual religion. They just want a, you know, soothe me religion. But that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a dynamic force from God that God sent on the day of Pentecost with signs and wonders, with fire and power to display to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And if that, if you don't have power in your your walk with God, you can be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. You can be filled with the life of God. All you have to do is ask Him. The Bible says don't be Drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with melody in your heart to the Lord. How do you get that melody in your heart? Well, you have to have the Spirit in your heart first, and then he'll give you the song of the Lord. He'll give you the melody of heaven. Okay, I got to get back to this. (laughs) Okay, so picking up in verse 14. Let's back up to verse 13 again. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call upon thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. Whoa! There's a revelation coming to Ananias here. He had one perspective of Paul. Now he's getting God's perspective of Paul. And that is that he is a chosen vessel or instrument unto God. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, Ananias, for he is a chosen, he, Paul, is a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Pretty far reaching ministry. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. That doesn't mean he ever got overcome by any of it, he overcame all of it through the power of Christ who dwelled in him. Verse 17, and Ananias went. His way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two things God sent him with two things to impart to Paul. One was restoration of his physical sight, and the second was that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit, thereby being equipped to do what God was calling him to do. The reason why a lot of people fail at ministry is they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not fully equipped with the power of God to overcome the resistance, the obstacles that the devil sends their way. But the Holy Spirit can overcome anything that opposes you in this life. The Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Well, who is the greater one in us? It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, It's to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. It's our advantage, because every one of us can have the very life of God on the inside of us, flowing out of us like a river. In John chapter 7, it says, On the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit, that those who believed on him were to receive For the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. In other words, raised from the dead. But when Christ was raised from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's where God's presence was. And when that veil was torn from top to bottom... The Spirit of God was released from the Ark of the Covenant into all the earth to fulfill the promise in Joel and in Acts 2 where Peter said that the Lord will send His Spirit upon all flesh, literally pour His Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and upon my bondservants and my handmaidens I will pour forth of my spirit in that day. We're in that day now. The church age. And anybody who denies the power of God is forfeiting what God wants to do with their life. The ministry of God is a ministry of the Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, it's the ministry of glory. Not condemnation, not religion, not putting guilt trips on people. No, it's the spirit of glory and liberation and freedom. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. So many are bound up with religion and, you know, they they can't really flow in the spirit. They can't really operate in the spirit. They can't walk in the spirit. The Bible says walk in the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Well, that's all we have time for today. I'm going to pick up on this on the next podcast. I appreciate you uh, being with us today, and uh, I pray a blessing over your life today. May God manifest his grace, his ability, and his power in your life today to bring you into a place of liberty and freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.